All right, we're joined today by Prabha Ganesan, Chief Executive at Kwasa and columnist at Malay Mail for Front Page. Thank you so much for joining us this morning for Front Page, Prabha. Thank you for having me, JD and Bell. Thank you, both of you. Always great to have you. to be back. Nice. Now, let's get straight to our first very exciting article. Uh, there were allegations made by a website that alleged... Uh, Prime Minister Tan Sri Muhyiddin Yassin actually breached his mandatory self-quarantine to seek cancer treatment abroad. So, um, I guess the question here is, why was it important for a portal like Sarawak Report to make these claims, especially if there hadn't been any references made to verified proof? Well, if the allegations are correct, if, it's a big one, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, alleging that the prime minister did something that he should not have, almost criminal. Well, actually, it is criminal. Therefore, one might say that it's fairly justified for a, for a source to be protected in the sense that uh, you want to be an anonymous source. Having said that, there is also the usual critique, and that is it's an easy excuse to make. I mean, we could write, sit in our offices, write stories and say, I have a source. Can't say who that source is. It's anonymous. But we do it all the time. All the news pieces, you know, Pakatan undecided according to sources. Muidin uh, to meet Bersatu, uh, top executives according to sources. So do you take that away? But having said that, it's a question of how society looks at Sarawak report. Any news portal or news agency builds its credibility uh, on presenting solid, useful, and backed news. Mm. If you don't, then you just end up like the National Enquirer in America yeah. or elsewhere. <laughs> but how do articles like these affect the media, the mainstream media? Uh, mainstream as in uh, offline media, well, now fairly integrated. Uh, it makes them feel uh, stressed, especially when people talking about media councils and how to find ways to make sure you don't get fake news. Mm. Look, established media is afraid of fake news too. Uh, the only way media or established media will survive in the long run is that it offers something that's called credible news. So yes, it's a challenge. It works both ways, right? Mm. If it's, it's found to be true, then it just ups the integrity of media. If it's found to be false, then it starts to help people say, like, ah, this is typical media, making stuff up, right. yeah. sell papers. Mm -hmm. But I mean, even if he was still undergoing cancer treatments, in your opinion, would that sort of have an impact on his work? Um, today, we live longer. Medicine detects things quicker. I think we have to operate with compassion and also make the distinction between um, a capacity of a person to work, to fulfill their roles uh, versus any kind of uh, uh, medical conditions that they are experiencing. Uh, it's not a death sentence anymore, cancer mm. in the new millennium. Uh, Tun Raza was sick in the 70s. Uh, Hussein Non resigned in the late, in the early 80s based on uh, health uh, reasons. So sometimes we have to trust the prime minister uh, they usually are much older, so it'll be weird to think that they don't have any kind of medical complications. Right, and I like the fact that he said it's not a 
these days it's not a death sentence anymore. But if this story was found to be false, and then this particular portal actually did say these things, is it a death sentence for them? I mean, in this case, the trustworthiness of this particular portal. We're a very divided society. Some might say X number of Malaysians would believe whatever that comes out that supports their side, their version of the truth. So yes and no, but maybe it will hurt its overall credibility to the average person, the man on the fence. Mm. All right, let's move on to our next article. Uh, TNB is taking steps to address user complaints. Uh, they're studying several mechanisms actually to address the complaints about high electricity charges by consumers during the MCO period. Um, what would the benefits of these studies be for us? Nothing really. Uh, seriously, it's a company. It's been a company since the mid-80s uh, from the old LNN days. What they are saying is they're getting a lot of heat from a lot of users, and that would mean everybody in Peninsula Malaysia. So they, you can't have be a company and have heat from you know 25 million Malaysians. So you try to buy time. Hmm. You tell them we're studying it because way too many people are upset about it. But having said it, billing is contractual. So when you get uh, an agreement with uh, Tanaga, you already know that you have to pay for it and these are the terms for it. So it's fairly binary, either fulfilling it or not fulfilling it. Mm. Well, I mean, I'm sure because people are stuck at home, they've been using more electricity. But, I mean, some some were even complaining that there was a 600% increase. Yeah, because it's very complex. The math that we were given, it's very confusing, you know. And the common allegation by many people, as you can see on uh, social media, has been that TNB has compounded all of those uh, bills. Mm. And therefore, when you compound it, somewhat that, that aggregated for three months automatically goes away from tier one to tier two to tier three, Correct. which means you're a massive user. Therefore, you start getting billed a huge amount. So they are saying because TNB allegedly were lazy or did not factor in that they are, that they are uh, what you may call it, putting three bills together into a single bill, that they end up overcharging them. That is the allegation. Hmm. Others claim not so, and this is why TNB say they want to study it. Study is what companies use as a way of saying we need a little bit of time to find out what the hell is actually happening. <laughs> we'll get back to you. <laughs> well, but now they, they, they said that we can uh, claim, right, from the tribunal, yeah. the consumer tribunal? It's a PR exercise. Uh, for those who are well informed, they can always go and and even don't have to go to the tribunal. They can go and just write to Tanaga, and Tanaga can see that it is as it is, because it's a little bit tough asking millions of Malaysians to go to a tribunal yep. if there is a consistency of error across it. One might say that must be the company's issue, not the users. I think Malaysians are sick and tired. Not to TNB per se. The idea when something goes wrong. It's the man on the street who has to seek some kind of remedy and the onus is on him. Mm -hmm. I think this is where government steps in and regulate. I think this is where the Energy Commission was supposed to do what it's supposed to do.
Okay. But what would the man on the street prefer? To not pay their free. TNB bills? Free, yeah. Free electric, you know? Free, free electricity. electricity. <laughs> Who doesn't want anything for free, you know? You know, freedom for free. Uh, they want everything. Look, it's not just people. It's, it's, it's just even us here in this conversation. Who wouldn't want a freebie? Yeah. Uh, but having said that, the Malaysian people do technically own most of the Naga. And as the Malaysian government owns it. Uh, but I say when a lot of Malaysians are critical about how much money they have to pay for their bill, it's also a good chance for a larger discussion about billing, about IPPs that supply the electricity to Tanaga, the way they are sourcing electricity, their energy policies, uh, and oil subsidies that the government is giving to the state company. It allows a lot of space for, you know, for Tanaga, the Energy Commission, to be more out in the front to discuss about how people are lighting up their homes and how they have been fair or otherwise. We are in 2020 and it's time for some transparency yes. and for companies to show good governance. So we will welcome the chairman and CEO and all the other people to come out and talk to the Malaysian people. And then have another study. <laughs> I'm trying not to be cynical about the world. I'm going to leave that to you, <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next article. Um, a political analyst sees PKR President Anwar Ibrahim being at the losing end of an agreement to appoint Dr. Mahathir Mohamad as Prime Minister and himself as Deputy Prime Minister should Pakatan Harapam form the government again. Now, in your opinion, should Malaysians stake their trust in Pakatan Harapam after this new understanding? Would this be a case of like once bitten, twice shy? We've seen this before. Well, they voted Pakatan Harapam into federal government once. They voted the alliance and then later BN 14 times at the general election. So one might say, if you were talking about once bitten, twice shy, it applies on both sides of the aisle. One might say, Maybe they haven't been given a chance enough. And some might say they were immature. Uh, it's a very tough question, but going to Anwar and Mahade, they are a major part of Pakatan. So having said in a situation of a first-past-the-post, Malaysia is one of the few countries in the world, including Britain, that still has a strict first-past-the-post system it forces a need for a unified opposition. Therefore, Malaysians are stuck in a, always in a constant need for a binary. Mm. So you know the government of the day, who's for forming the alternative, the other narrative, the other group of people seeking power? Because if you don't, then it's just a walk in the park for those who are in power today. That's not to say that they shouldn't be in government, but just to say, that in order for politics to continue working in Malaysia effectively, checks and balances, there need to be two at least substantial forces mm. opposed to one uh, to each other. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, this movie has had too many sequels like <laughs> The Fast and Furious. <coughs> and, wow. And, and it's always Anwar and Mahade in it. You know, Dom won't go away. Oh my God. <laughs> 
Now, in this article itself, the the political analyst believes that uh, Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim might be at the losing end of this agreement. What are your thoughts? Okay, let's put it this way. 1998, you get sacked as Deputy Prime Minister. Yeah. Since then, you've been to jail, out, campaign, several by-elections involving you, went to jail again, came out, another by-election. Now you lose government, and now what's on the plate? 24 years later, 22 years later, is the same position you had before, 22 years again. Now you're not even Deputy Prime Minister, you're candidate for Deputy Prime Minister if Mahade wins the mm. general election, leaving Pakatan. If you were Anwar Ibrahim, you might be thinking, not a great deal. Not really. Yeah. You probably think he's put in the hours, and since he's put in the hours, put in the years, he should be on the top of the ticket. Yeah. So also, why, joke, why isn't he though? <laughs> um, the usual analysis would say Anwar's always been a little bit impatient, and also. If you ask me, in an analysis, he's never actually pushed for a consistent message that cuts across, that drills the idea around the movement rather than himself. And because he's always been about a cult of personality, mm. it is easy attack for everybody to say the only thing he ever wants to be is prime minister. But then again, everybody in politics wants power. Everybody wants to be. Prime Minister, but just makes Anwar a little bit too eager, and I think that over eagerness has led to many missteps over the decades. So it's all about what's in it for the rest of us. Always, even if you are lying about it, yes, it is. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to um, DAP MP Hana Yo. Uh, she said that she has been asked to appear in Bukit Aman for questioning over a social media post related to child marriage. Now, in your opinion, was it wrong for MP Hana Yo to ask these questions on her social media and why? Of course, it's not. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not even a, a question, really. MPs should have opinions. Uh, we like them to have opinions. We expect We like them also to represent us, and she's supposed to not like her opponent. I mean, it's not that she's going to have to, you know, uh, speak wildly and enthusiastically about her opponent. Uh, the police and law enforcement have to ask the question whether or not what she said has some legitimate concerns. Has created some level of uh, unfairness or attack or shaking up uh, stability in society. Mm. One of those. There must be some level of basis. But if it's just merely an opinion, then yes, I find this a huge problem. I think a lot of Malaysians find a huge problem yep. uh, that when you target a politician simply for their opinions. What could possibly be the reason, though, for them to just bring her in for questioning, just for one social media post? 
uh, political retribution, no less, uh, to distract, to intimidate, to buy time, to make another story, to fill up the space of Malaysia. Either way, uh, it's not good. But more importantly, because for the listeners, is this. If MPs who are backed by the political parties with all their support uh, can be targets, how about the regular man on the street? Yeah. Wouldn't he or she be really worried about having opinions? And is that good for Malaysia Baru or Malaysia Terbaru? Exactly, because this is a very slippery slope. If this one goes ahead and let's say... She gets the, charged. She gets charged. What does that mean for the rest of us? It means that democracy took a huge step back. That's not whether or not you support Hana Yo yourself or you support a party. Uh, a democracy is about ideas. Ideas that contradict one another. Uh, ideals and ideals. It's what it's going to be. It's a, it's a marketplace of space for people saying, hey, I've got an idea how to move this country forward. I have an idea how to make a policy work better. And then and if you're going to be charged for those ideas, it's not, right? Then, then I don't know. Then one may ask the question, uh, is this the people on top, the people who are making the decision, uh, are they for democracy themselves? All right. Final article, um, Attorney General Idris Harun fine Attorney General Idris Harun files mm-hmm. application to cite website portal for contempt over its reader's comment. Uh, I'm not quite sure what this ex part application to initiate contempt of court proceeding means. Um, but but can a portal be charged over a reader's comment? Um Generally, not generally, actually in the law, when you defame someone, if you defame, then all parts that carry that information to the general public uh, are held accountable. So yeah, you can go after people. Uh, For example, when you had that uh, Borders Book issue, not only were the person working at Borders Book charged, but also the individuals who reproduced the book in Malaysia, the printers, the publishers. So, yes, generally you can go after the whole chain of delivery because you're saying something bad was said, Mm. something uh, false was said that uh, besmirched someone. Therefore, all of those who are involved in it can be dragged in. However, I think in the Malaysia Kini situation, uh, people are feeling that Malaysia Kini, rather than the reader, is being targeted in this issue. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm thinking uh, it's a reader's comment. Shouldn't the reader be charged instead of the portal? I have a bit of experience in clearing comments, uh, working on the news floor before. Uh, not much news in that. You sit down, you try to clear thousands of comments. Back then, some of the media organizations tried to do it, but how do you keep track of it? And then when you kind of merge all of this with Facebook and other social media platforms where people can start directly commenting also in the other platforms from the news article, uh, it becomes insane. Uh, One might say that this is a kind of carry-on from the old media age 
But now in this now social media age, in the uh, ICT age, everyone's making comments and a lot of the comments are linked, tied, loosely associated to news pieces or reports made by media organizations. Mm. How far are we going to take that? One might also say that the Attorney General might, might want to have a go at social media, Facebook and Google, where may some of that discussion may go. So I think the issue is two parts. One, that the Attorney General is going and we say there is a basis to go, but we ask, uh, can you do that? Isn't that distracting from your job? But the second thing is, when there's so many people in the chain, why are you going after Malaysia Kini specifically and only them yeah. in this regard? And, and that is the real discussion here. There are a lot of questions on how we can account, hold people accountable. But trying to ask news portal to check every little comment that's laid out, especially in an in an, uh, in an enlarging universe, is a tad bit unfair. Now, if they're going after everybody all along the chain, if that actually happens, what does that mean? That means if let's say this comment is defamatory uh, in this in this particular case, and let's just say I went and liked it, I didn't say anything. I just went and liked it. Does that mean I'm also liable? liable. Can't speak as a, as a lawyer, obviously. They would obviously have stronger views about this, the most precise and definitive. But technically, one might, might one can make the argument. One can make the argument when you like a comment, then Facebook automatically or any of the social media automatically puts that information more in front of your friends. Because they say JD likes it, then maybe JD's friends will also like it. So they present it. To his friends and therefore more people than intended now get to look at that piece of information so is jd responsible for it yes he is uh actively probably not <coughs> passively most definitely yeah but it's also because of who potentially who i am yeah because there are some seniors who just go out and like everything <laughs> you know that's right, JD. I don't have the thousands of followers that you have <laughs> of that 20 friends I have. I, I, don't, I don't cause a lot of damage to the Malaysian people uh, on, on that basis. But yeah, you're correct. You're correct. Uh, and that has happened before also. Uh, celebrities picking up random tweets by particular individuals who are not having a huge following they retweet it and suddenly it explodes. Yeah. Mm. And then, yes, that celebrity is also linked to it mm. because they republished it. Right. So if we link this case to Hana Yo's case, for example, mm. shouldn't mm. Twitter be charged as well for allowing her to post up something so quote-unquote defamatory. defamatory? I think in this new, brave new world, all of us should allocate X number of hours in a week to go to court. Because we're all going to be charged for something <laughs> or the other. It's true. We're all publishing. You know, Gutenberg be damned. Today we have the internet. <laughs> Everyone's publishing every day. I like it when we, I talk to regular people, you know, usually uh, political operatives, uh, the pachi pachi, the machi machi out there. They usually say, internet, mind, computer. So yeah. they just think it's just playing. But actually, it has a lot of implications. We are all using live ammunition. Is that good? Is that bad? Does that mean all of us have to have a lawyer friend? I don't know. 
I have few lawyer friends. <laughs> <laughs>